us that it will energize us unto actions in righteousness in the name of jesus let your word bring healing tonight let it bring deliverance let it bring re revelation let it bring motivation and let it inspire someone to action in jesus name we have prayed in jesus name we have prayed praise the lord hallelujah all right if you're excited to be in church tonight can you pray and stand up for jesus okay um so how's the week been today is exactly i'm kind of like middle of the week so monday tuesday wednesday the week is going well i believe all right happy to hear that all right, um, so this evening, straight away, we're going to go ahead into the Word, um, and we're talking about something that we have called the power of community, okay? Um, in these times and seasons in our nations, we are in a point where or we have been going through an experience, and we're still going through, although we're coming out of it, yeah, um, through an experience where people are being eaten by um, calamities and hardships and hardness on all sides, right? Um, and it's put to test um, the ability and the capacity of people to pull through on their own and to survive by their own strength, right? And so everybody needs community. We need people around us. We need friends. We need families. Um, we need supporters, you know, people who gear us on, people who give us inspiration and will motivate us, right? Um, based on the experiences of the past um, few months, you know, we find that people are in a lot of ways, you know, beginning to um, isolate themselves. In fact, we live in a, in a time and in a season where, you know, I, I don't know if you have heard before, right, that in Africa we say that it takes a community to raise a child, right? Uh, but these days, it doesn't seem like so anymore, yeah? We seem to live in communities where we don't know ourselves, right? Um, FaceTime interaction has reduced, so we've gone from doing things face-to-face, -face, right, now to face-to-screen, Okay, so I'm talking to you um, through my screen. I want to buy something, I look at the screen. I want to send you a message, I look at the screen. I want to do what, almost anything else. So, so human interaction, sense of community, connectedness and connections, right, um, is, is reducing. And some of the, one of, some of the effects of those, some of these things, right, is that people then begin to live in isolation and lose the impacts and the benefits, right, of being in community and being connected to other people. And this is some of the things that we're going to be examining tonight, all right? Um, but before I start out in the world, I want us to watch a, a few seconds of a video, um, some documentary, and then I will come back. Uh, multimedia ready. I will come back and then we'll have a conversation about what we have watched. Amen.
Okay, so welcome back to Lagos. Yeah, uh, <laughs> welcome back to Lagos. Okay, I, I hope you saw what I saw when I watched that thing, right? And it is that number one, a number of things that we could learn from that is that the thing that chases you, that has the power to overwhelm you and attack you and subdue you, when you stay connected, when you stay in a community, right, by the sheer force of your community, you have the power to win over it. But when you stray away, when you become isolated from community, okay, then you expose yourself to significant amounts of danger. Your ability to survive on your own, okay, is reduced significantly when you are on your own compared to when you stay in formation and in community, okay? So just to give you a little bit of, 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 of scientific facts, right, about those two categories of animals that you saw. Now, ordinarily, the buffalo is about five times heavier than the lion. It's got like five times the body mass of the lion like you saw in there. So if, if the buffalo were to be able to give the lion a head boot or eat it with his horns, with his horns the lion will be, is highly likely to be permanently maimed or killed, right? But the lions stay together in a pack, you know, chase and harass the team of buffaloes, the pack of buffaloes, until they manage to isolate one of them, okay, and then attack it. And so the thing that has the power in a group and in a team, you know, to survive, then becomes prey when it is no longer in that team. And so that's one thing. If you don't remember anything else that I said tonight, just remember those, the last two minutes of the videos that you have watched. So let's open our Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 14. And it says that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. I want to repeat verse 16 again, and it says, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. All right, these verses of scripture make it very clear that the body can only grow, all right, when every single part works together. That suggests to you that no single human part no single human being can survive by themselves. Every single person has a unique contribution. Every single person has a unique value that they bring to the community. And so the safest place, the, the best place to be, right, in fact, the cheapest place to be is to stay in formation and to stay in community. That is established from the scriptures, okay? And even if you think about nature, if you think about everything that God created, all right, God didn't create single organs to function by themselves, but every sing- God created systems. And every single system is comprised of organs. And every single organ is comprised of cells. 
Okay, so nothing exists by itself in isolation. The solar system is not one entity. The human body is not one entity. The body, the church, which is the body of Christ, is not one organism, is not one entity. It is a combination of different things. And so, learning all of these things and observing from nature, observing from the patterns that we see, from the things that God has created, demonstrates to us very clearly that the best place to be is in community, is connected, is in connection to other people. Somebody may say to me that, well, look, I have tried to live in community, but I've been betrayed. My friends have fashioned me. People have gossiped about me. I have been ill-treated. In fact, I don't think that I have anything to offer in community. I'm going to show you in a few minutes that all of that may be true partially, okay? But you need to rise above and overcome those limitations such that you can plug yourself in community and derive the benefits of being in community. Embracing a lifestyle of loneliness exposes us to the dangers of weariness. We are created for connection, not isolation. All right? We are created for connection, not isolation. As I was praying for this message, I came across a sociological research performed by psychologists published in Psychology Today. I think it was published for the first time in 2003. It was then revised in 2016. And it says a number of things. I'm going to read a little bit of it. It says, number one, friendship is a lot like food. We need it to survive. Psychologists find that human beings have a fundamental need for inclusion in group life and close relationships. Okay? It says the upshot is we function best when this social need is met. It is easier to stay motivated when motivated to meet the varied challenges of life. In fact, evidence has been growing that when our need for social relationships is not met, we fall apart mentally and even physically. And it then went on to list um, certain findings from that scientific research. So, for example, number one, they said medical doctors that they spoke with said that they found that people who had the support of loving families and friends when they were sick, right, recover quicker and faster than people who, are, who do not have anybody supporting them. Okay? And it says, lonely individuals report higher levels of perceived stress, even when exposed to the same stressors as non-lonely people, and even when they are relaxing. All right? So this is not to say that loneliness is an issue, is an issue in itself, right? Being alone is not an issue in itself. But when you stretch your, your loneliness, okay, and it becomes chronic, in fact, it does result in mental illnesses. Things like it is easier for people who are isolated and lonely to fall into depression and other mental sicknesses. So, so if we realize all of these things, then why is it that people choose to stay away from community? Why are people isolated? Why are they not connected in communities? We need to understand some of these things. Number one, you know, people think about, they, they, they escape, they isolate themselves 
for fear of rejection. Somebody says, I've been rejected before. I have opened up myself to people. I have made lots of friends with people, but they took advantage of me. They cheated me. They jilted me. They robbed me. They swindled me and duped me. Yes, you have met with wrong people before falling into the wrong hands, right? But you still need, in fact, your recovery from that situation is dependent on your connection to other people. That's the truth. So, so if, let, me, let me explain what I mean by that. So if someone has duped you and it has resulted in depression or you have become broke, okay, it is people that are going to help you to recover. In fact, worst case scenario, you probably need a psychiatrist. Okay, if you refuse to connect with anybody else, you're not going to be able to listen to and receive the care of that person. So the Bible establishes it, science establishes it, that we need to stay connected. And sometimes, it is also as a result of pride. People who say, I can do things by myself. I heard, I heard sometimes, Susan says, I don't need anybody. I am fine on my own. It is not true. You are not fine on your own. The truth is, if you can achieve 10 things on your own, when you are with other people and connected in community, you can achieve more than 10. Possibly 100 or 1,000. Okay? So, so, the point tonight is this. That whatever it is that holds us away from being plugged into community, okay, we need to strive to overcome those things. It may be hurts of the past, okay? It may be rejection, it may be anything. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 27 verse 10, it says, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. So even when you've been forsaken, you've been rejected, God will line other people up and bring them in your way, people who will connect with you and we will strengthen you and bring you recovery and health so that you can stay connected in community. Even if you're looking at your past experiences, the Bible says, forget not, I mean, forget the former things. It says, behold, I do a new thing. Isaiah chapter 43 it says, behold, I do a new thing. So forget all the people who have hurt you before. Somebody says, oh no, when I was in trouble, I had 10 people. And all of them told me the same story. I wanted to pay my children's school fees. But I just lost my job, so I didn't have money. And so I went to my connect group leader. I went to my unit leader. I went to everybody. And they told me there was no money. It's okay. Yes, we have heard. Move on to the next person. God will send you help. You can't afford to unplug yourself. And there are different elements of communities in our life, right? We're going to look at that in a bit. You can't afford to uproot yourself from all of these places. You know, these safeguards and these mechanisms that God has put in place, you know, um, um, to safeguard us. My, my earliest recollection of receiving help from community, I'll tell you the story. So I think I was in primary, I don't remember, primary three or primary four. And my father used to give me money to take to school to... Um, by lunch. So at lunch, we'll have some women who would come and then sell food to us. And um, so we'll buy food and pay and move on, right? And so that day, I can still remember, I still see the image of that class in my head very clearly. So that day, my dad gave me one naira, yeah? One naira was supposed to be um, for lunch for, I think, for one week, five days of school, right? So 
It was 20 cover per day. Yeah? Um, and I could buy lunch with 10 cover and then buy granite and whatever else during playtime with 10 cover. But so this day, they had told me to spend my 20 cover and bring back home the change. So somewhere along the line, I lost this one error. And so I lost the one error before lunch. So it was the one error that I lost, not the change. Yeah? So which meant that I could not even buy lunch. All right? And I was very hungry. So I sat down during lunch, during, during break time, and I sort of started crying. Uh, so I started crying because I didn't have lunch money. And then you see, it wasn't even the hunger that was my problem. I'll tell you what the problem was. The fear of the beating I was going to get for not bringing home the change. Okay, so I sat there, and then some of my classmates came. Okay, so when I say my classmates, that was, that's a big generalization. The girls came, actually. The boys were very mean guys. So, so they came and said, ah, what's wrong with you, blah, 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 and all of that, you know. So I explained to them what it was. And I, I kid you not, right, over the next 15 minutes, right, they started coming. One person would bring five cover, ten cover, five cover, until I had, I think, 90 cover, you know, put together by this group of nine-year-olds, all right, who understood the power of sharing. So that was my first experience of that. So I went home, gave my father, I mean, I bought something to eat, gave my father his change, my exchange. I never mentioned that the money was lost or how I raised the money eventually. So you see, the thing is, irrespective of the position that you occupy in life or the things that you think are mundane, people are willing to help when we open up, when we share our concerns. I know that these days, somebody said, a problem shared is a problem gossiped about. Well, yes, it may be possible in some places, but most importantly, a problem shared is a, I mean, is a problem half solved. And I want us to very quickly look at the benefits of staying in community. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9, I'm sorry, chapter 4, from verse 9, it says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one, nobody, to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And so from those verses of scriptures that we have read, it becomes very clear, very quickly, the one significant benefit of staying connected in community, all right, is increased productivity. You are able to achieve more. What one person can achieve, what it will take, I don't know how many of you, how many people here, you know, um, solved those word problems using lacombs proportions, yeah? Where they will say to you, if it took five men ten hours to complete a task, how long will it take three people? I mean, how long will it take ten people? Now, if you were as smart and clever as I was, you will find out that every single time you did that kind of sum, 
when you had more people doing the same amount of work, it would always take them less time. True or false? Thank you very much. Okay, so the same thing in life. When you pull resources, pull efforts, pull rub minds together, pull information together, you get greater productivity. You know, so all this about, oh, no, 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 no. I don't need your help. I don't need anybody. I'm fine alone. I can live by myself. I can survive on my own. It is not true. Yes, you may be able to survive, but you will have, you would have a better quality of life if you, were, if, you were, if you were connected. Your business would grow faster if you would pull resources. You would solve challenges quicker if you would pull resources. Okay? So if you will talk to your brothers and talk to your parents and attend Connect Group and do whatever else it is, life will be a lot better for you, the quality of your life. And so productivity increases. You know, it's an arithmetic law. The, the, um, the extent of your productivity is directly proportional, yeah, to the effort that you put into it. And so the male, if more of you are doing the thing, it is easier to achieve. So living life in community improves your productivity. Now the second thing that we see from that passage is that staying in community brings protection. Remember the story of the buffalo. All right, staying in community brings protection. Ecclesiastes chapter four. Okay, let me read it again. It says. Verse 12 says, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And so protection is available in community. And protection includes guidance. It includes counsel. It includes prayer. It includes warning. It includes rebuke. So if you have friends who love you enough to correct you, they're protecting you from self-destruction. If you have parents or mentors who love you enough to point out the wrong things that you are doing, then they are protecting you. There is protection in community. Okay? And so the second benefit, you know, remember, of being connected in community is protection. The third thing that I dare to say is personal growth. There's a lot of growth that happens when you stay in community. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, verse 17, it says that iron sharpens iron. A man sharpens the the countenance of his friend. Okay? And iron cannot sharpen its own. It cannot sharpen itself. So you need to stay connected to derive growth, to derive increase, to get better at the things that you do. Praise the Lord. So let me, let me, show, you, let me show you an interesting example from scriptures. Now if you read First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 10, now it, it describes some people, it says, now... These were the heads of the mighty men whom David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom, with all Israel to make him king, according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Yeah? 
Now, if you go to 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 11, it then says, Now, these were the men who came to David at Ziklag while he was still a fugitive from Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men helpers in the war. So listen, you've heard this description of these men. Now, the description that you have heard, mighty men, mighty men of valor, people who could fight battles, right? That is the description of what they became after they had been in community. That was not the description of what they were before they joined the community. Let me show you the description of what they were before they joined the community. First Samuel 22, verses 1 and 2 says, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. Listen, it says, And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them. And there were about 400 of them. So think about these men who individually and in isolation were discontented. They were in dismay. They were in debt. Individually, each of them was a disaster going somewhere to happen. When they came together in community, under the leadership of an anointed man of God, okay, David, fast forward several years later, they, had, they were no longer riffraffs. They had become titled generals. They had become people of authority, people of increased and enhanced capacity. So you experience growth in community. That is why it is very important, you know, to stay in community. You see, it's, it's, it's very interesting when we say go to the connect group, go to join a unit, become a registered member of the church. It does sound like we're trying to increase numbers, we want to make things look bigger, but no, it's not true. The testimonies of people in her church, okay, who had gotten jobs because they met someone at their connect group. I know a couple in this church who got married, I don't know, four years ago, thereabouts. They met at membership class. Okay? The people who, had, who were healed, and before any pastor heard about it, the connect group people had put money together to pay the hospital bills or to pay their rent. Those are the things, when you are in community, you grow. When you are in isolation, the enormity of your challenges defeat you. And so your connection is your protection. Your connection is your pathway to growth. So remember another example, I mean another thing, benefit of of, of being in community is growth. Another thing that happens when you're in in, in community is that you have access to resources. You have access to resources. Some years ago, my wife and I wanted to undertake a project, right? A family project. And we didn't have all the money. And so after we had prayed, and God had sort of given us a word that it was with us, we should go ahead and do the project. We went ahead and started the process of, of doing it. Put all the money that we had into it. And um, by the time we put in all the money that we had saved and everything, we still needed some more money. Okay? And so you know what I did? So I said, okay, I, I know that 
we, needed, we, we still needed some more money. I didn't have all that money at that time, but I knew that, well, I had a job. They were going to pay me salaries, and they were going to pay me some allowances. So my problem was not money. It was timing difference, right? Because I had money waiting for me in the future. And so, I, and I wasn't willing to take um, any loan that was going to be interest-bearing and all that, you know. So, I just lined up all my friends, and I called them one by one. So, I'm doing this project. I need money. I need so so millionaire. How much can you give me? I'll bring it back in three months or six months or one year. Whatever duration of time you could give me the money for. So, I found... Somebody, somebody said, I could give you 500K, but you have to bring it back in three months. I said, that's fine. Now, in my head, I quickly went back to my spreadsheet. In, that pro, in my projection, there was no allowance coming in in three months, right? But I said, okay, I'll take it. So I took it. Now, at the end of the second month, I called somebody else. And I said, I need 500,000 naira, and I will give you in three months. And the guy said, okay. So he gave me the 500,000. I gave the other person the 500,000. Before the three months I gave this second person were over, I had gotten some inflow from work, some allowance, and I gave him back his money. Okay? So think about the scenarios. There was one scenario where I was limited and I would not have been able to fund that project, okay, because I didn't have sufficient personal resource to do it. And then another scenario where I was able to leverage my friends. Now, I am not saying that when you leave tonight, go and start calling people. <laughs> I become a Ponzi scheme, collecting money from one person to give to the other person when you don't have any money on the way. No, that's not what I'm saying. I am using that to explain to us how it is possible, you know, to net leverage your network to achieve your results, even when you don't have your personal resources at the immediate time. And that is why they say that your network is your net worth. So how many people do you know who can help you? And let me demonstrate that to you in scriptures. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. We're going to read verses 3 and 4. Remember we're talking about access to resources. And so this story was talking about Jesus. Jesus was sitting in a house and he was ministering to people. Everywhere was jam-packed. And it says, four men came to him carrying a paralyzed man. They could not get near Jesus because of the crowd. So they stripped the roof over the place where he was, made an opening, and lowered the stretcher with the paralytic on it. So these four men, we don't know who they are, whether they were friends, siblings, neighbors. The only thing we know is that there were four men who helped this man to go to his destiny. Right? There was, there was a need. He was ill, he was sick, and needed to be healed. And they took him, and in fact, it wasn't easy. They broke the roof of somebody's house. Now contrast, compare that situation with John chapter 5, verse 5. The Bible says, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool 
when the water is stirred, and on and on and on. So think about it. Same condition. Two men, bedridden, paralyzed. There was access to resource, the power of God, to make them whole. The only difference and the connection point, yeah, were the people in their community who could help them. And so who is in your community who is able to help you? Who are you connected to? Or who have you isolated yourselves from? So there are people who will say, look, because my younger brother did this to me three years ago, I haven't spoken to him since that time. And you wear it like a badge of honor. Say, I am the chief malice keeper for our village. I can keep malice for Africa in Olympics and win gold. There are people who have not spoken with their parents in a long while. But there are people who do not know who their, who their neighbors are, what they look like. All right? And so people need help. Yes, I understand you will say, oh, no, but we live in Lagos. Lagos is a dangerous city. My neighbor doesn't want to talk to me. I don't want to talk to them. It's okay. I've heard you. I remember about four years ago, I think, um, about four or five years ago, I was living in Surulere. So there was one night, yeah? I think it was about 9 p.m. or so, 9 or 10 p.m. I'd just come back from work, yeah? I'd just come back from work, and um, there was no power supply. And we wanted to go and sleep. Then um, PHCN restored power, and I said, oh, I would watch some TV before going to bed. So I went downstairs to go and try and watch TV. And as I sat down there, yeah, in my living room, the AC caught fire. The AC in my living room caught fire and started burning seriously, okay? And I, for the life of me, I, I think, I don't remember what happened, but we didn't have fire extinguishers in the house at that moment. So I ran outside to run to my car to get the fire extinguisher in the car and come and try to use it to, to uh, put out the fire. Yeah? Now, so it took me about 45 seconds to run to the car and back. By the time I got back, yeah, the fire was off. Do you know what happened? My neighbor had run in, brought his own fire extinguisher, and put up the fire. Now, as at the time that the fire was put off, okay, it had, be, it had started spread, it was spreading towards the blinds, okay? It was, it was already, because the, the AC was made of plastic and it was, it had um, rubber casing. It was already melting and beginning to drop on the furniture. So the fire was on its way to spreading. If it was a neighbor that I had been rude to, I had not greeted, I didn't know his name, his wife's name, his children, I didn't allow them to come into my house, then you can imagine what might have happened if that person was not a godly person. Okay, so, so staying in community gives you access to resources. But of course, I know that sometimes people abuse the access. Okay, so yes, you need to have controls, you know, that make sure that people don't abuse the access that they have. For example, people borrowing money and they're not returning it and things like that. But that does not mean that you must uproot yourself from a community and go and become a hermit. Another thing that happens when we're in community is encouragement. We are encouraged. So when you are down and everything, you seem overwhelmed, it looks like the challenges of the world, everything, they have, they have relocated 
from everywhere else and are living in your sitting room. They've taken residence. You need encouragement. And that encouragement, there's a limit to which you can encourage yourself in the Lord sometimes. Sometimes you need the encouragement of community. If you read the book of Acts chapter 4, I think verse 23, the Bible demonstrates talks about how um, Peter and John had healed a lame man, okay, at the gate of the temple. And they were arrested and they were punished for doing a good work. In fact, they were warned not to preach again. And you know what the Bible says in verse 27? It says they went to their own company, okay, and told them everything. And then they prayed together. Compare that with Elijah, okay? Compare that with Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. The Bible says that Elijah, Elijah also did something for God. He, he killed the prophets of Baal. He restored the sanctity of the name of God. And then he got threatened the same way the apostles were threatened. And he ran away. And when God spoke to him, when God eventually caught up with him, and he said, oh boy, what's going on? He said, look, they want to kill me. I am the only one left. God said, no, I have 3,000 other people. You're not the only one left. So you can see the impact of community on, 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 on when you're going through stuff. You need people. You need to be connected. Because those sort of things bring you encouragement. Finally, another benefit, the final benefit tonight is accountability. The people who want to live their lives like loose cannons. They want to respect nobody, report to no one, be accountable to no one. That is extremely unscriptural. The Bible says in James chapter 5 verse 16, okay, James chapter 5 verse 16. The Bible says, confess your trespasses, your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So it says, confess to your one another, be accountable, be open. That's why the Bible says that the, the, the rebuke of a friend is better than the kisses of an enemy. When your friend, when you stay accountable in community, you get better, you grow. The correction that you get stares you in the right direction. Okay? So, so don't say, oh, look, it's my life. You know? Maintain your lane, I maintain my own. You have to be accountable. That is what scripture says. And you get accountability for free when you stay, in, when you stay connected. When you are not connected and you become overwhelmed and you need the help of a psychologist or a psychiatrist, it will cost you money. So the counsel and the advice that your friends could have, your pastor, your friends could have given you free of charge when it becomes a big issue. And you then have to go to Yaba left. You will pay money when you get there. God forbid that that's somebody's experience, but that's the reality of life. Okay? So when we talk about community, what kind of people should be in your community? What kind of people should you be connected to? In your circle of friends, you should have people who are like teachers and mentors. People who can teach you things, who can show you things, who can give you guidance and direction, who can counsel you. Very important. If you're the local champion, the most important person among everybody that you know, you're setting yourself up for destruction. You need to have people in your life 
who you can submit to, people who can guide you, who know better than you, who can provide instructions. Of course, you need friends as well, people who are your peers, who you can rub minds with and share ideas with, people who you can play with, people who you can play with, who you can, you can be free with. You are the same stage of life. You're going through the same thing. You can rub minds together. And that's why the Bible says that um, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. The times when I want to make decisions, I call my friends. I say, look, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm planning to do. This is my rationale. I have prayed about it. I believe God is telling me to go ahead. But can you tell me, is there anything you think I have not thought about in this process? Ask me questions. Challenge my decisions. We all need those kind of people who can look you in the face and say, Chief, I don't agree with you, what you're doing. Of course, you need family. The people that you, the, people, the family, biological family, or your extended family, they play a part in our lives. And so if you have forgotten everybody from your village because they told you that they are witches, okay, and members of whatever airways because they fly at night, and you, have no, you are no longer talking to them. I am, I, am, I am extremely ashamed of a Christian who will take that position because the Bible makes us to understand that greater is he that, is, than, is, is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Okay? So why would you cut off from your family? Yes, I know that there are wicked siblings and brethren. They are incorrigible, difficult to manage parents. I know. But there are still ways of connecting to them and staying in contact because God has put them in our lives for a reason and for a season. And then, of course, in your community, you should also have people who look up to you, people that you help, people that you sow seeds into. You cannot be a permanent taker without giving. Okay? So you may say, oh, no, but I'm entry level, I'm a junior person, in fact, I'm a student in school. Yes, it's okay, we understand. There are still people, wherever, no matter how low you are, there are people who are lower than you. So we need to think about all of those and put, put, put all of those, those, those categories of people around us and think about our community. As, just, um, as I round off tonight, just a few things that you, we need to do as individuals to strengthen our communities, the people who are around us. Very simple things. First, the Bible says, he that wants friends must show himself friendly. Proverbs 18, verse 24. Okay? So, be friendly. Very simple. Simple advice. Don't pay me for it. Be friendly. Be someone that people can connect with. Oh, but people say, look, I've, I've heard people say things like, oh, but my, by my natural disposition, my temperament is that I am very withdrawn. I don't like people around me. I don't like crowds. Yes, I agree. It's a scientific fact. Yes. All right? But whatever it is, whatever skills we need, look, ability to connect to people is a life skill, and we need to learn it. All right? So you may not be the life of the party, but you still need to be friendly one way or the other. Another reason, another thing to do is to focus on adding value. What are you bringing to the table? People don't want people who drain them. They want people who add value to them. 
So if you come to my house every time, and all that you do is that you show up about the time that we're about to serve lunch on Sunday afternoon. The next time that we see you through the CCTV at the gates, we may not open the door. So you need to bring value to the table. Yeah? Be a net giver rather than a net taker. And of course, you also need to be deliberate about the people that you are bringing into your life. And what I mean by that is this. If every body around you, 80% of them fall into the category of your friends, people that you go and watch movies with, that you go to the beach with, I mean, you go, you go to the beach with, you go for parties with, and whatever it is, you know, then you're in trouble. You need to be able to say to yourself, I think I need mentors. Or the only people that you are connected to are your work colleagues. And so your only relationship is by email. When you go home on Friday, you know, there is nobody who asks after you that you are connected to until you show up at work on Monday. Then you need to find friends for yourself. Okay? So, so you need to be deliberate and say, look, what is missing in my circle? And how can I find them? Where can I find them? You need to grow yourself. You need to evolve. You can't stay stagnant. And you can't remain in the same community forever. There's a Yoruba proverb that says, that it's translated, says, 20 children cannot, the same group of 20 children cannot play together for 20 years. After six years, when they leave primary school, um, primary school some people will go to King's College, some people will go to Orioke Grammar School, some people will go to wherever else, yeah? So let's assume 15, um, 10 of them got into King's College together. At the point of graduation, some will go to Harvard, some will go to one, one other place, another person will become a Baba, and all that. So, <laughs> 20 years, you can't find those 20 kids together, unless they're not going anywhere with their lives, right? So you need to evolve, make new friends. You need to invest time and thought into this effort. It takes time. And of course, there's something I read somewhere that says, look, if you want to go fast, you want to go quickly, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go in a team. Go together. Go with other people. And so that's my final word for you tonight. And that is to say that, look, I'm admonishing you to pay attention to community. I want you to think right now. Just literally think. And say, in your life, in what parts of staying in community are you lacking? Is it with your friends? Is it with your immediate family? Is it with mentors and teachers? You have become unteachable, the dawn of the park. And what do you need to do to revive some of those relationships? How many relationships have you severed? Who do you need to call over the next five days to rekindle a connection, to rebuild the bridge that has been burnt? So the questions I wanted to ask tonight. And the final thing is this, that God positions people in our lives to help us, to help us to grow, to help us to solve problems. And so they are providential relationships. And I want you to just bow down your head tonight and just think about it. If there's any area of life where you need connection, I'd like you to begin to ask that God brings you beyond your thoughts of who to call, who to look for. Can you ask God tonight to begin to line up people in your direction in the name of Jesus? If it is in your career, if it is in your business where you need help, I'd like you to pray tonight and begin to ask God for connection, that God begins to line people up in your way in the name of Jesus. I'd like you to begin to ask that God gives you favor among men in the name of Jesus. 
I want you to pray tonight. Whatever that need is, that needs people to be solved for you. I'd like you to pray that God is bringing the connection to you in the name of Jesus. That everywhere that you turn is bringing you help in the name of Jesus. The same way that he sent Miriam to rescue Moses. I'd like you to pray tonight. The same way that he sent Miriam to be able to connect Moses, his brother, you know, to, to, from, from the Pharaoh's daughter to, his, to her mother. I'd like you to pray that God is bringing people in your direction tonight in the name of Jesus. The same way that God brought Jonathan into the life of David and he preserved him when he was about to be killed. I'd like you to pray tonight that God is lining people up in your direction in the name of Jesus. I'd like you to pray tonight that God is bringing people in your direction. God is lining people up. He's giving you new relationships in the name of Jesus. He's opening your eyes to see. The Bible says God sets the lonely in families. He doesn't want us to be isolated. And so ask tonight that God is bringing people in your direction. He's helping you in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Remember I said at the beginning that sometimes people feel, we feel overwhelmed and we're unable to function, we're unable to move forward. If there's anybody here tonight where you have been paralyzed by that sense, overwhelming sense of, of being abandoned, being alone, in fact, you are almost tempted to think that God has abandoned you. You feel very helpless tonight. I'd like you to know that God is bringing help your way tonight in the name of Jesus. I'd like you to know that God is restoring hope. Can we just sing that one song? Let's just sing that one song. I want you to, to say, to know and trust God and receive his help. That he's bringing you help. He's bringing refreshing your way in the name of Jesus. That sense of powerlessness, that sense of, 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 of being overwhelmed is being taken away tonight in the name of Jesus. If you fall into that category, can you just stand up and sing this song, meditate on it tonight in the name of Jesus. I want you just, if you, if you fall into that category, just open your heart to God tonight in the name of Jesus. We say this help and strength in the name of Jesus. My hope is Yeah. 